0: about my photo being up at the Phoenix that's pretty cool what has happened is a very very nice gift from God about see you didn't even think that this could happen to you and look it's happening and it's grandiose and it's more than you can even imagine did you ever think that a photo you took would be on a building
1: now, how big
0: how big is the picture now 17 feet by eight feet oh,
1: wow and it looked good the golden hour glow that was going on and and honestly my I loved that of all of the pictures that are representing the shows at the Phoenix, that one was a scene of love. It was a scene of affection. Yeah. It was a, a scene that not only captured a beautiful moment, but you did a good job of getting a good strong, sharp image that could be used thank for God. a seventeen by eight foot.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank God. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go into I'm gonna go into Adobe for the very first time. And I feel like I should have already been in there, but it was by force that I had to to do something uh, like edit the photo in a very short amount of time. And I had a thousand things going on that week. It was crazy. I was Whoa. so busy. Whoa. It is perfect. And I'm very grateful. Oh, I could not actually imagine something like this happening. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Even though it just happened so fast.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think it's sitting with me yet. All of it. No, it's not sitting with you. It's... Seventeen by eight feet, <laughs> sitting up on a side of a building. What are you gonna do? Like when they're done with that, do you think we're gonna try to get a claim? Hey, can we have? I'm that? like my uh, that?
0: my business name is on this. Can I take claim? No, it belongs to NAATC. So as long as I continue doing the good work that is being offered and the experiences that I have there, I mean, production management is something that is new and I love it. I absolutely love it. My side gig production management for Naptown African-American Theater Collective is the bomb. I am able to do more creatively than in a short amount of time than I have in a while. And I feel like it's been bottled up. It's been bottled up and now I can release it. Well, I'm just so happy that you're finally
1: doing, doing <laughs> something creative again. My baby used to do all kinds of creative works before the world turned Way back in the year of 2020. And, yeah. and it's funny how things change and, and opportunities go one way or another way. Not that they disappeared, but with the changed landscape coming out, now she finds herself doing more production. And is a really valuable piece, not only to the NAATC, but also to her office here at Marion. But we are excited to be back here for another episode of This Light of Ours. Yes. Welcome and thank you.
0: You know what? Like I said, I'm I'm in a spirit of joy. I've been this whole weekend and it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio again because it's been a couple weeks and we we're like itching to get back here. But now it's fine. Like, let's sit and talk. Let's do it. About medical mistrust. No. <laughs> <laughs> medical mistrust? mistrust of the medical system in the society
1: okay okay and we're gonna go deep again uh, this episode folks a reminder that right now and in every episode we're talking a lot about our own experiences during especially these first few episodes but that yeah as we continue the show we hope to eventually touch on many of the subjects that unfold throughout these conversations and that they may not all be so difficult but really that's a part of what we're trying to do here is to not be afraid to talk about those things
0: Sometimes you got to talk it out, especially in a marriage. You have to talk some things out. I'm like, OK, let's process together what is happening. 2020 was definitely a moment to sit moments, <laughs> a few years of processing. And I feel like not to cut you off.
1: No, please. And talk great. About,
0: not to cut you off, but like the, the world shut down. That's the quickest way and easiest way to say it. Like the world shut down and we were barricaded into our homes and masked up, and we could not leave, and it was, like, tension everywhere, and it was building this tension within the air. And we gave birth to our son right at the top of it, and we went to the hospital. I would have stayed, I should have stayed home to labor longer. Well, but.
1: we had considered doing a home birth. I, with my first two kids, had learned a lot and had midwives and with River. We had Courtney Ardula, who was, who who's was amazing.
0: The, she was amazing. Who was uh, born Still in... Was.
1: April of 2020. A week before my birthday. We did have Courtney, who was her doula, who stepped in and, and did an amazing job, by the way. An amazing job.
0: Total advocacy. You and her together were like my advocates when I was when I was down. I was weakened by the struggle of giving giving birth. But I would say that the experience in the hospital, though, was we were blessed. I was blessed that you were able to be in the room, that Courtney was able to be in the room, because during 2020, COVID, it was like there were so many stories across the entire continental U.S. and the entire globe about people not having access to family members inside hospital rooms. Some people were barricaded. They were had to, like, what was it, Zoom call their loved ones? I think that was news headlines that were I saw. But I was blessed. We were blessed that you were able to be in the same room. Courtney was able to be there. There was kind of like this almost a touch of gentle and relaxed aura around Community South because it seemed like the whole maternity ward was, like, bored. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, they, they
0: even say they were bored.
1: And we're getting like, a lot of action. If you recall, hospitals were in a different sort of world, honestly, at that time, and they were limited to just certain facilities because of the
0: all the resources being tied to you know. Well, I don't know. And, so and, many and all, things are happening. All it the was circumstances crazy.
1: Circumstances and the measures that were being taken at the time, and yeah, lots. As a result, the truth was that they they were all underwhelmed, and so we were getting kind of the royal treatment. All the nurses were going out of their way to make sure they visited us, honestly, yes. because they didn't have anything else to do and they were so excited to have somebody to visit. And they were very communicative about this. We heard some amazing stories yes. from the different nurses as a result.
0: And the one nurse that and helped. And we got me, great attention amazing attention. Amazing attention, attention from Community South. And that one nurse, I can't remember her name, but she, after I was having trouble, <laughs> it, birthing is hard, laboring is difficult, and I was. Under a lot of duress because I wasn't breathing well. And I think the nurse, she must have had a midwife background or something like that because I feel like she sensed it. And she was very vocal about telling me when to push down and breathe deep. Uh, you may not remember that. I remember that because I was like, now it's time to push and you got to, you know, move it down to your belly. She said something real quick. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm listening to you. <laughs> Guide me through this process, woman. And she did. But that was the, the hospitality treatment that we got there. And it was great. All the nurses were amazing. And then I think at that point, after he welcomed our son and you sang him a beautiful song on his way, you know, yeah, <laughs> on yeah. his way to the world.
1: Well, and, and I think the, the part of the story that we want to tell from, from this pregnancy was, you know, it was her first pregnancy. I hadn't had a natural pregnancy at this point in time, so I didn't have a lot of experience as a father who was very interested in assisting as much as I could. And so one of the things that we definitely did different the second time around was we— maybe overreacted to the contractions early on?
0: Oh, you said overreacted. (laughs)
1: Well, I won't say the word overreact. Let me retract the overreaction. One oh. must one must be careful <laughs> yes. and be willing to call oneself out. Overreacted? I don't know I, if I, I... I don't mean it in that way, man. I told you, foot in, mouth. Does it
0: mean that you possibly overreacted when you felt the contraction?
1: No, my point is It was is just this. one single contraction. The, the, the labor hadn't actually started. And we called the doctor as if labor, we thought labor had started because we were doing the count how many breaths for contractions, et cetera.
0: And, yeah, in a minute and counting that, yeah.
1: And we got to that line to where we thought we were there. And because of that, not because of the way she felt, even though she did feel uncomfortable.
0: When I got to the hospital, I was like, this is, this is tough.
1: Okay, so she was definitely in labor. I couldn't stand up. Probably. Mm. (laughs) You're stupid. Well, my point is this. So once you get to the hospital, unbeknownst to us, a clock starts. Yeah, This is something we've learned later So this clock starts They have a certain amount of time that when you're in the hospital If that baby's not there yet That they're going to start pushing for these other measures Mm -hmm. Each measure Also when you're at the hospital The clock starts on your bill yeah. Every little thing that you do, every new thing brought into the room, everything that's ordered, obviously, but everything that's yeah. ordered up for you on behalf of the pregnancy on is also... On behalf of your
0: survival of everybody in the room. Yeah. yeah. It, and, and they have
1: a blanket policies and blanket things that they're using supposedly according to your protection that are going to be employed along the way, step that they have to take, that they will encourage, that you can challenge at certain steps of the way, but that aren't, it's not normal for them to be challenged. And so as a patient, if you come up against those lines, those boundaries that they have kind of normally set in that hospital, which may be unique to that particular that, yeah. ward or, or particular nurses on hand and everything else, there's all sorts of bedside manner and everything that comes into account as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And we had great bedside manner throughout the whole process. I even got to give our doctor credit. He's delivered He delivered one of my children, but he delivered some of my children's step siblings. And I got to give him a lot of credit. He's a great doctor compared to a lot of the different doctors that I've met. I got to give him credit. Yeah. But what (laughs) happened was. (laughs) What What happened was. What happened was. What happened was when we was. His shift change was coming around and, and that baby wasn't there yet. And we're waiting on that natural birth. And we're, you know, we've been there for a long time. And they were pushing us to give birth. And then they started giving they talking. Bro- well they
0: broke my water. That yeah. thing. But I was having a I was having a hard time. My heart rate was rising. It was. So that was a, a concern, which cause that had never really been happening. But no, I But the they also of- you
1: show up, you're not allowed to eat. You show up, you're not allowed to sleep. You show up, you're, you're in not this, allowed to this drink. This so your body's like Ugh. not allowed to drink. So your body starts going into this state where of course of course your your blood pressure and things are gonna go up. Oh, it's only natural if you're not eating and you're not sleeping and you're in a state of stress. And in a state of pain, and you're not allowing yourself that comfort. I mean, these are points to take note on, but you don't look at it that way at the time. You're like, "This is normal. This is what we should be doing." You know, we're, we're surviving. Oh, this is why pregnancy is so hard on the women because look at look at all she's doing. She's so strong to have survived not eating, not drinking for how many hours uh, reading labor, babe. On
0: top of on top of you know just
1: all the natural stuff that's happening. So like- the doctors coming into your office, the nurses are coming into your office, and they, they know you want the natural birth, but they're starting to encourage you. They're starting to push you and pressure you to do go this other direction. And you later find out that the doctors, you know, are in a certain timeline too. They're available and they're on on call for you or they aren't. And it's convenient or not convenient for them to be there on call for you or it isn't. And they're letting you know, hey, if you're not here, i got to let the other doctor do it. i got to let the other doctor do it. All this stuff it only it adds on the to the it pressure. It depends on
0: the hospital network. But we had, were in an opportunity where it was a circumstance, I'd rather call they it
1: that. They had great couth with the way they went about it. However, it does not change Epidural the set of was introduced circumstances.
0: to mitigate the fact that I had not dilated all the way, I had been stalling, and my heart rate was high, and that it would probably help me to have the epidural so that I could withstand the contractions enough to start, you know, and then it would increase the dilation and everything like that. So that was the medical reasoning, which I understood. I got the epidural, took it like a G, needle in the spine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't Respect. feel it. I mean, they definitely they definitely put uh, some, you know, some numbing solution on there. Respect. Respect. But I definitely took it like a G, and then I was able to have those contracts. I mean, River came out within three, four hours. But there was a period of time where you and Courtney, I (laughs) remember— You and Courtney were really trying to basically recap what had happened and then the pressure that it, they put on the situation to move it along. Yeah. Meanwhile, remember- my
1: wife is incapacitated in the bed, <laughs> like tired, exhausted, just strung out on 24 hours of labor or beyond. And they're trying to pressure us in to get this going. And we're trying to stick to the natural birth plan that we had decided upon. Yeah. You know, we're basically being strong armed by everyone there. To, to go in that direction, to take
0: the yeah, to, to jumpstart start the jump start the process. I'll,
1: I'll, I mean, I want to come back to this real quick, but I had experienced this once before, so I was I was ready to fight because when my son was born, we opted to not circumcise him. This was my firstborn, and this was one of the first times where I really had my eyes open to some of these opportunities that are basically lost for people because of the medical industry. Somebody had encouraged me so hard to watch a video about circumcision, male circumcision, and the way that it could be considered as abuse. People all over the world look at it that way, and we don't here in America. So watch this video, and I did, and it changed my perspective over time. It took me a while to come around, really, but I, I opted not to, and we, I had to follow that boy around. They were, they were talking about doing it after we had discussed it clearly with them, and so they never, they didn't chop them up, but the the other thing that wow, they, Steve, I'm not joking.
0: And the other thing, the <laughs> you other said they thing, they didn't
1: chop them up. Well, oh, they didn't. Gosh. And and there's nerve endings and all kinds of other things that exist in that skin. And the things that they do with that skin, it's capitalized upon. Oh my no god. No matter what you say, they're and taking the, the every placenta. piece in the placenta, and they capitalize on that. So like just like everything is a huge bill for you, they have a way to make and a huge make gain off of every little piece of of that stuff. Even when you donate blood. Those companies make a huge amount of money off of each quart of blood don't, that they, you donate. Because they, they
0: don't probably don't use all that blood for the intended purpose. They go and do other stuff with it.
1: So with my son, there was that. And then there was there were things that I, I denied with the vaccine schedule, specifically the shot for the, what is it, the herpes? The uh, hep,
0: hep, uh, There's a hep, hep, hepatitis 1. There's but it's a like a sexually
1: one. transmitted disease that would be coming from the mother through the vaginal cavity to the child in which cases they offer it as a as a Herpes, blanket yeah, of yeah. security to prevent all of these babies who are have no choice but to go through that set of circumstances to survive now what are the percentages of that that exist versus the amount of times that, that is applied now what are the amount of money that's gained by the company for applying that vaccine every time I'm not and looking one, that more up right now. <laughs> one more question for you one more question for you how many how many do the doctors get a bonus if every single shot is applied versus not Oh, you know the answer to that. Why are, you, why are you talking about that question? You know the answer. So we're back now in the hospital room. And 2020. I, I have had to face those challenges in a hospital. Well, Are I'm, you talking, I'm, about, you're talking about Lucky? So I'm in the hospital room with Lucky, and okay. when we're announcing what we want to do, and we go about and we say we're not going to do that For, one. That procedure won't happen. The nurses stop and look at each other, and they're like, what do you want to do? And I'm right there, and I'm like, you know what you're going to do. <laughs> and it ended up being kind of a point of contention. And then um, when the doctor showed up, he told them to kind of like be in, get in their place. Literally. So he showed me the respect at that time, that doctor, uh, with my other kids. But so when we were in the room with you, you know, when Courtney and I were both trying to stick that birth plan, I was channeling a little bit oh, of that and feeling yeah. some kind of way. So I was, you know, I really, I think we put up a fight, but eventually the clock was ticking and, and we did come, my, my wife did build the pressure, and we did, you well, know. Well, the epidural did And the baby help. came out fine. River was pissed Be, on his way out the door. Yeah, he was.
0: <laughs> he was not happy, and I imagine it's because he had, you know, some residuals from the from the epidural. But the, he eventually calmed down. And the Pitocin, the Pitocin as well. That yeah. was, that Pitocin made my feet swell. So he was, he, made, my, he
1: came into the world all upset. He came into the world off of the uh, shot. And then, and by contrast, our daughter was a little different story. We'll get to that. But he was crying. He was unhappy. And he stayed that way for a few minutes. And eventually, and the nurses gave him down. some space, too.
0: Yeah, he calmed down. And then you sang to him.
1: Well, that he had been crying. He was still upset. Yeah, you
0: sang and, You sang to him. That song That song. Yeah, and came at the right time.
1: And he, and, he, and he quieted right down. Yeah. So that, was, that made me, I was so proud of that. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I was touched by the spirit to create this song to help my kid fall asleep. When the
0: sky is falling weather the storm when the night is cold
1: together we're warm
0: when water falls don't you shiver yeah, you, gotta sing the, you gotta sing the next one.
1: Oh, do i have to <laughs> it's it's a, it's <laughs> when a lovely the seas song are
0: rough, well, you gotta hold on when the going gets tough together we're strong you gotta float on float on river you can go fast and go slow with it. Yeah, it's a good, got a
1: good little beat to it. Thank you, thank you. was uh, a good,
0: beautiful song. I I need to look back at my video. And watch, watch oh, that beautiful moment. Uh, man, it was it was special. I took some, I took some good shots of you. And my, my, heart, on my heart, on aflame. my heart was a flame.
1: My heart was given to uh, you. Spirit was a <laughs> flame.
0: So yeah, reminiscing on uh, 2020, we were blessed to have a good bedside manner and no issues with my husband and Courtney being in the room Ardula. but there was some pressure to move to the epidural because I probably if I had known stayed at home and labored a bit longer and dealt with that my challenge but God has everything by design so I think I'm not going to go back I'm like oh wish oh wish oh no but everything was tell me tell me you
1: did not feel like there was a lack of dignity in that moment Where it wasn't really your decision, like where you're looking back on it, do you feel like the dignity of the individual was, I mean, I think think, it was with the staff and the way that they were treating you. I
0: think all the circumstances regarding 2020 and what was happening in the real world, because remember, it was just a month ago, a month and a half ago it was March 13th that it really shut down mm-hmm. my mom's birthday. So I think, think then the weekend before, we had the baby shower. That was March 6th or 7th, I believe. So we had Rivers' baby shower, and then he was born April 21st. So we were just right in it. I mean, we were just—it was like—there were things happening. and We had bedside manner, so I thank God for all of that and the fact that he was born healthy and everything. We thank God for that.
1: I would just question not really in the individual How much sense, money was... <laughs> how much money in, in the sense that every hospital is taking advantage of of people for that sort of markup of financial gain, the unnecessary markup, I would argue Yeah. I mean- that I would say that that is a lack of dignity for the individual. Not only that, but to get to you on a schedule like that. One more story about my kids. The date of which my kids were born was a predetermined thing by the doctor, not by natural causes. And for me... Yeah. We'll just say this. I'm not 100% sure what astrology really is, but there's something going on there. And for it to be such an important, such an exact science, but with such an amazing implications. What would you call it the other day? The star clock? The star clock in the sky. Yeah, I love that. It's yeah, something I, I want to study more and I'm, I'm really curious about. And the more I look into it, the more light I see. But the, the fact that it's such an important historical point of reference is your date of birth. And how important is that for a person's life? What are the implications there? I mean, what are the real implications there, right? Well, What was the lunar sky looking like? Here the you have a natural occurrence of a birth that can occur a number of different ways. You have a number of things that can change the date of that birth. But here you have doctors who have decided birth date, and they decide to induce or not. So my very first child... Induce when it's around their schedule. ...was born on a Thursday, <laughs> July 9th, and the doctor just opted to induce that week because the baby hadn't been born yet. And she was a little past due, we'll say that. I don't recall the exact due dates at this moment, but the real reason he decided to induce, however, was on a Friday he was scheduled to take a vacation, like doctors do. And everybody
0: needs a vacation.
1: And if we didn't, we could have opted to do the natural birth, but seeing as how my son's mom opted to stick with the doctor just for her, you know, level of comfort... And going to have the baby induced and trusting the system, so we didn't think about that at too much at the time.
0: Yeah, but now,
1: even though I, I, think that I'm saying one thing. He was born then, my son, on my adopted father's birthday, and so I decided in that moment in time, the date moment of his birth, to to also name him after my father, uh, who adopted me and named me Stephen Michael. Mm-hmm. and his name was Curtis Michael, and so I, having adopted the name Michael, yeah. uh, offered it to my son, having been born on my adopted father's birthday, in honor of him. Archangel. And my, my father was just happened to come from a, a Catholic family that was broken up as well, uh, my adopted father, one of seven kids who were split up when his mom died when he was young. So it was just a, a great story behind all that, and it coming to me, and him choosing to adopt me, and it coming from him, his story, but to pass that along, I, I wouldn't change that for the world. So let me put that into context for we you. We have to put
0: that in perspective. and All that beautiful, you just told a beautiful story, but we do have to go back to, you
1: know. Now my second child, <laughs> guess what? She was born by the same doctor on, guess what? A Thursday because guess what? He had another trip he was taking on a Friday. How am I supposed to feel about that? Now, my birth th- my daughter was born on April third. My birthday is April the fifth. Who's to say she wouldn't have been born if she couldn't have just cooked two days longer on my birthday? So my dad gets to share his birthday with uh, Lucky because of this doctor, but but I don't get to share get my to birthday, share birthday with my daughter potentially, potentially, mind you, because because of, this of doctor. the doctor.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm I, conflicted. Hey, at the end of the day, you have beautiful children. By the grace of God that are growing and and loving loving you the more as you celebrate their birthdays. What lucky's gonna be 15 coming into the new year, Zuzu, nine, River, four. Which brings us to mercy. Mercy, mercy. So so River, River was born in
1: 2020. A new house in 2021.
0: We signed the papers on his birthday. That was like you're getting a house for your birthday.
1: Another blessing. And I was getting a house for my birthday too, because my birthday is a week later. I, so the truth is a glow, I think, when the spirit's aflame. I also think the the spirit is aflame and the truth glows when, when we see those synchronicities in our life. I feel, yes. like that's, I feel like that's a sign of God sometimes. So It is a sign of God. I don't want to get these hung are up sin- on that. These but are, no, but these are signs these of God. These little things all lining up like this. Ooh. These
0: are things of God, and we need to be happy and give him praise. And I don't mean to go to church on a Sunday, but it is a Sunday. We're recording this, and so I, I'm happy about about giving praise even in the microphone, okay? <laughs> when i mm. recorded. God give the glory. God to the glory. Because everything that's happened, as ridiculous as the world was at the time, falling apart, you know, sickness, quarantine... All of those things we survived and then at the end of it, we come out with a daughter named Mercy who joined our family bunch and she she, she appeared. I gave birth to her. Birth yeah. to her on the couch, unplanned, home pregnancy. We talked about it.
1: After like, River, we wanted it so bad. You were
0: like, no, you wanted it more than me. I was, I was going like, to, I'm willing I was to go drop
1: eight, eight grand at the time See, just, yeah, to, just to get that birth center. That is true, yeah. And I was willing. I was going to make it happen.
0: And God said, we're not doing the birth center. You're not spending eight grand. You don't Thank have it. God. You're going <laughs> to, in fact, have your daughter at home, and that is the most home birth you can have at home for free.
1: So three <laughs> three kids in, three kids that's in. That's what you're going to do. Three, three kids induced. I'm still pulling for that natural experience, that race to the hospital, that I am alive. This is really happening <laughs> moment with my kids to where it's it's not just a miracle to see them when they come out, but it's mm-hmm. a miracle to be there for the journey that takes you to that moment. Yeah, amen. And in here, it was, <laughs> baby's not due for another week. The
0: 27th, I wasn't feeling well. Dinner time came around and we left, our dinner time left. I was like, everybody go upstairs, leave me alone. I need to be you know, by myself. And Mercy kicked into gear. She's like, it is time. Now that you've finished work and you've eaten, and now I'm going to enter the world. And so for the next mm, several hours, I was having very deliberate stages of labor, which was amazing to see. I mean, I'm looking at myself scientifically. I'm like, these things were happening. Checked, check, mucus plug, check. (laughs) All the, the Ew, details, gross. mucus plug.
1: Now, what was what was driving me nuts all of a sudden was the fact that I've got all my kids over. I'm in the middle you of You everybody uh, in bed. I, I had just put all the kids in bed. Big kids are in bed. Little kids are in bed. <laughs> I'm falling asleep, and babe's like, oh, mucus plug's out. Oh, mucus plug. You love to hear that word. Let me say it one more time. Mucus plug. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, the plug had pop, and— I'm asleep, of, I'm ten asleep, ten I'm asleep.
0: Three o'clock is around. And, and she wakes me up, and it's like, water broke. pop Now we were not water, packed. Water broke, yeah. We
1: were not packed. So I start racing. I'm like, and not only that, but figure out what to do with all these kids real quick and how we get into the hospital. So I I get on the horn with the kid's mom. She comes and takes care of them.
0: Yeah, picks them around three. And four, while three, I'm 15.
1: racing back and forth. And
0: I'm laboring on the couch. And I... <laughs>
1: Get in touch with my brother, who is the closest one to me in my family, who could potentially watch my kid, and thank God he he answers the phone and isn't sitting uh, having too much fun in his personal bar at his home.
0: Yeah, he was ready.
1: They were ready. Jason and Amy were ready. They were ready. They were already on call to do it. So they stepped up, and, and instead of us trying to take them in such a hurry, they showed up at the house, and I put them upstairs where the kids were sleeping. Now, I'm not quite there. The
0: kid, it was just River. He was saying the kids.
1: Oh, <laughs> like yeah. At this point, it's just day. River, and there's no <laughs> other kids yet. I've got so many kids, i got to figure out which ones are there or not. Let me do the math real quick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, they're upstairs with River, and they're laying in bed, and I'm trying to get the final steps. And then out of nowhere, Babe's like, hey, do you see a head down there? <laughs> that actually was how it happened. I'm like, and I'm like, no, I don't see a head yet, but shoot, if she's not something so I'm gonna go grab some let me well grab hold a, on hold
0: on and even between that we were like trying to figure out okay it's called Courtney's doula oh yeah we were walking through that process making sure we did the contractions and the timing because we hadn't done that yet so we did get the scientific data <laughs> And on Courtney, top of the, to match the pain level. And she, she actually, Courtney was very instrumental in us. She
1: was great. She gave me a bit of advice just to say, remember to stay connected and all that stuff, which we were of course doing. But that yeah. bit of advice must've stuck because the, it played out.
0: Let me tell you, let me tell you though. She's like, you might not want to scream like that. Oh yeah. You might so, not, so my you wife's
1: wanna, in labor. <laughs> she's feeling it. And she's like, those, okay, those, those sounds, sound effects,
0: listen, no, you know, can you stop? You're not, you're not contracted to do sound effects. You are not. Yeah. Cut. You are not contracted to do any sound effects.
1: So my wife's in at pain. At all. My wife's in pain. She's ah. feeling it and she's making, you know, she's making sounds and it, they're kind of crescendoing at the, <laughs> at the extent of her pain. You know how it is. It's like it builds up, and then i of nowhere. She's gritting through her teeth, and then you hear the the ugh. You know the the pain, the sound, the the grunt.
0: It's all pain.
1: And Courtney, so Courtney's on the phone, and she's like, "Hey, by the way, take that pain and ride through it with the sounds. Don't just like grunt. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna let out the pain well, in more was of too, a, a it was, sound. It like was you're too gonna high. Feel it was it almost out.
0: too high. And I don't know how. It, 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 honestly, I she became a vocal coach in that moment, and that's. It might sound weird, but she became a vocal coach at that moment, and also a spiritual vocal coach, and basically said, "The sound that you want to be making right now, you need to ride it. It needs to go down deeper, and needs to be able to be used to propel your child to the next level, okay. the next stage. It so, needs to be. It needs to be a sound that is a keep, keep that warmth. in mind. <laughs>
1: we were going to come back to that. So we she she started channeling her. Well, we don't have to come back to it. So she starts <laughs> channeling her energy in the way that she's. Ex- it, 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 you know, getting that energy Expressing out Expressing the it, The vocal requirements <laughs> <laughs> That come so the with sound, all that The labor. sounds
0: of birth giving can be any kind of sound But we I decided after hearing Can you Courtney's, give us some examples of the No, sound? out of hearing Courtney's advice I decided <laughs> to start singing And we both started singing And it was a very uh, harmonious sound And it was a very You know, a very expressive Harmonious sound And it was like I have to ride the contractions like I had to ride it deep and it was like you know
1: she was she was I think you were singing a little bit while we were talking singing, and, and, and singing it out. I was I was praying also S- feeling feeling in touch with the spirit. I was praying for Jesus help.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mother Mary, give me here, help. And here we
1: are at home in the couch in the corner, and, trying, the, and the angels and the are with coming. us. The angels were with so, us. and I had you I'm, check again. I'm ready. I'm like ready. I'm ready for this.
0: I remember I remember telling you, Steve, I don't think I'm going to make it to the hospital at this point. I'm not going to get up with the pain that I feel. And it was There's on. no way I'm sitting down anywhere and riding any 20 minutes. I, I had been ready
1: for this the moment. The baby is
0: coming. I need you to call the police. I need I was you to call 911. I need to call 911. I feel the like ambulance. I was built for this moment.
1: I didn't even want to call 911. She had to talk me into it.
0: Yeah, I've never called 911 before. I'm like, I think you just dial 911 and say, my wife is having a baby <laughs> and we're at home. We need assistance,
1: please. <laughs> well, I, I, I had this feeling of like, well, the minute I call 911, the hospital's coming, and then there's the bill. The hospital's coming to the, the house. hospital. Yeah. Well, maybe not the hospital, but
0: maybe yeah, the whole the, fire department. The, yeah, the fire department and the ambulance. Uh, anyway, they're bringing, they're bringing a, two, a ladder truck, an a ambulance, and another. Uh,
1: and all those dudes in our kitchen. But anyway. Um, they were
0: led by a strong female uh, firefighter who was. We're getting ahead of the amazing. story. Okay, yeah, we are. So let's go back in time. So, so you're ready. You're ready. I'm telling you that there's no way I'm riding in the car. I, Absolutely no way. Baby's coming, call 911. You call 911, and the operator is like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to get her on her back. And I said, you know what, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie down on my back. I've decided that no one's going to sway me or push me, and uh, so I am going to be my own advocate. I want to stop here, too. <laughs> I will be my own advocate in this situation.
1: Because that's almost how it went down, because she didn't speak up for herself quite like that. But definitely the lady was saying, this is what you do. And she's like, are you guys doing it? We're just looking at each other like, no. No. no, I know because we had no, I actually said, talked about it, birthing at home and what it would look like, um, I think with Courtney. And we talked about that position of hands and knees being more comfortable. And so it had been discussed at least at one point to where when you said, I want to stay like this, it made complete sense I to knew exactly me. what I wanted to do and I needed to do to be successful at home. And, <laughs> and I don't think that we actually shared that with each other in words. We were so no. in touch with each other that we just like looked at each other. And the lady on the phone's like, all right, now have her get on her back. And I've, she's like, "Is she on her back yet?" And we're just looking at each other, no, not talking. And hold she's, on, I vocalized that I didn't want to get my back. I get in my back. And oh, she's like, was, "No,
0: you should." She said it was safer that way. Yeah. I looked at you, and you basically told you basically gave me the the nonverbals that we're gonna move past whatever she's saying and do what we're gonna do. Yeah. And that was it. There was it no was going great. back. I'm it was not. A great gonna, moment. It wasn't like you're like, "Okay, honey, the lady should get on her back, I think she get her back." You're like, "No, I." You, and you told me to not worry about, I'm not going to bark up that tree of nonsense. And was, I'm not going to fight with this it woman. Was non,
1: no, no words were shared between us. Though. It was I'm, beautiful. I'm, I'm like,
0: not going to fight with this woman. I'm going to do what I'm going, going to do, which means I'm <clears> going <throat> to remain in this position because it's comfortable and this is how my child is going to be born. And we actually, in between think- all that, she uh, directed us to go get blankets and towels. And that's when we split up. You went upstairs. You, I mean, this is a blessing. You had washed a bunch of blankets and towels like three or four days before. I don't know if you remember that, but they were clean. I remember taking uh, the towels, putting them upstairs, and we had one blanket downstairs, the one that Jason Amy got me. And uh, (laughs) that was funny. And then we came down. We met each other back in the living room in between contractions. And uh, I was like, here's a blanket. You threw the blanket on the couch and covering it everywhere. I'm like, all right, all right, here's the towels. And I'm like, okay, here she comes. And then I pushed, pushed, pushed.
1: And then we stopped and we thought about the way we were pushing the sounds that we are making.
0: Well, the sound was already, you know, it was, it was already ha- it was somewhere happening. good,
1: but it was it became something it, else. It though. was a song. It we started like, um, so like yeah, we were humming yeah, together, yeah. and yeah. it became a vibration, and we were literally vibrating. We were on a frequency. <laughs> we were on a whole nother level. No, we were. It was special. We were. We were. Our spirits were aflame. Literally, I felt so close to you in that moment.
0: I love. I love that we're getting and, deep into the intimacy. And, and, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys.
1: It happened so fast. When, when the minute that we started vibrating like that, it had been a challenge. I felt the energy. It was building and building and building, but it was still rough. And the minute that we really started, like, oh yeah, really, the har- the harmony, yeah, me- that we hit this harmony out of nowhere, her energy changed, and that baby. She just came right out. She flew out.
0: She she came out, and it, I... So fast, I, I like,
1: literally. I
0: looked back, and I was like, make sure you catch her.
1: <laughs> like, it was hard to catch her because, you know, spindly little, uh, slimy she little She was so thing. strong. She is so strong. Um, And she was so happy. She was unlike her brother, who was crying. Like, it took her a minute to cry, but she was obviously aware and acute before she cried, and she cried for just a second, and then it was over. She was calm. She was calm in your arms, on your she, chest. Yeah, she, she tried, was she calm. For a
0: minute, I remember one one moment where because I it was like a lot happening, but yeah. yeah, she was happy. And then we had to separate because uh, I had to drive in one ambulance and she I had to, to drive with her in the other one. But she
1: never one. she never lost the cool. She kept looking at me. She was kind of turning her head to the right, looking at her father, which was special. Amen. I thought. Amen. And cool. uh, but she had her head up, smile like eyes open, pretty much the whole ride there.
0: Oh, she was ready for the world.
1: Yeah, she was. She decided when
0: she wanted to come. Uh huh. She made. I mean, God. God guided her. The Holy Spirit, you know, brought her into, uh, into existence. But I. Um,
1: they literally said that she was like had no issues the whole way through the hospital. Like there was nothing that stopped this girl from moving on, and she was, I would say, healthier and stronger and had less challenges than her brother did coming out.
0: No jaundice. No issues. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any tears, but I know we're getting really detailed. But this is for people that no. But this is re- this is real life. If you are a woman, or you are in a marriage or a relationship, and the birth comes apart, it means a beautiful story, and even all the details are beautiful, even if they're personal. But that doesn't mean we should be like oh gosh, taboo,
1: taboo. <laughs> the point is mm-hmm. that that there was an opportunity here for us to not take the advice that was given yeah. to us, yeah. and to use our own instincts and also with the information that was given to us and to take ourselves in another direction despite being challenged. So we, we were challenged, I was challenged back when, you know, I didn't want to do that particular shot for my son. I was challenged when I didn't want to circumcise my son. You know, I was challenged with, with River, with the doctor, you know, wanting to induce when we were insisting on a natural birth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, here there were no challenges. It was 100% merciful. Yeah. And
0: I believe there but, are angels' but, presence in our house because there was no way that there was an angelic presence in the house to be able to do what we did. And no one, and I say no one came out, there was no issue. So no one came out work. without any, no one, we had, we were blessed the entire situation. And coming on the other side, like I experienced a really awesome, healthy, Pregnancy and then birth delivery and thereafter. And we were it was so healthy that we had our placenta encapsulized. This is a, a medical practice that maybe some people were like, what?
1: Okay, this is something we can shed some light on. <laughs> so what? all of the animal kingdom that is mammalian, uh, except for human beings, uh, specifically eats their placenta. Uh, the mother does after the child is born. Because of the nutrients that are gathered from that. In fact, it's it's traditional in many hominid, human societies, cultures, for them to do the same thing. They will prepare different ways, including encapsulation, which is what we chose to do with this birth. Something that we hadn't done in any of my other pregnancies. I will say, previously, another challenge I was met with, I wanted to do delayed cord clamping with river. After learning more about the yeah, cord blood and yeah. the and the and the quality and the value that the to child do, we gets try to out of that, do it. so the cord the cord blood that is in the cord that goes to the placenta, it's basically pumped from the placenta. The placenta sits there and stays alive outside of the body and will continue to give life and nutrients to the to the child mm-hmm. for an extended period of time, but we cut and clamp that cord really quickly. And they say they do that for all these other reasons, but I will tell you this. That cord blood and that placenta and all of that is money for that hospital. If you choose not to claim it, mm-hmm. and they will make money off of that if you just let them have it. Making the money off your body parts. Yes. Sounds weird. Yes. Not only that, but I mean, there's technically information that it, it exists. As
0: your DNA? Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> if that's
1: valuable to you, there's some. There's a whole other argument there. But, and
0: the v- DNA of your child, I imagine, or maybe not. Yeah. yeah what is yeah, what mean. is
1: that worth these days? You know. But regardless. It's one of those things where you take for granted the system's gonna take from you and make money off of you. You have to be outspoken and let them know what, and you have to know what you're doing ahead of time and you have to go out on your own to find this information. And it was something I didn't have when I went to my first pregnancy. And I learned something before my first pregnancy, though, that made me stick my neck out to try to do something different. And every step along the way, I've learned something new. And this light that was shown to me. Came from different places, and these were all alternative news sources. They weren't the mainstream. You had to kind of go against the grain to really figure this stuff out. But it all turned out to be real truth in every every opportunity and every everything. And there's there's more there's science
0: behind delayed cord clamping. Yeah, I mean, and some some hospital systems do it automatically. Some have a really strict like three second rule, or whatever. But we were blessed that the paramedics, you know, le- with mercy, delayed. It was. I mean, that cord, so, cord, the cord, that cord blood. With, you know, in, so there was no blood more, no more blood in the cord after we were so done. So with
1: River, we didn't do anything with his placenta, but with Mercy, we took the placenta. Uh, we had a specialist show up and, and take it after we put it on ice, mm-hmm. and yep. they dried it, put it into these capsules, and my wife took those capsules past
0: after I mean a postpartum, postpartum that yeah. whole postpartum period. I think that it helped me with balancing my hormones. If I look back, and then it also Helped with my milk production.
1: and I would say discomfort. Wasn't there nausea or some some other feelings that you said? I felt like you claimed? Yeah,
0: so I had, and I don't know what it's called, and I tried to figure it out, but with River, there was a sensation that I had while breastfeeding that it was awkward, and it wasn't. I couldn't find the definition of, like, the, the emotion that I was feeling. So I, I don't know what to call it. I've, I've looked at some names, and they sound kind of similar, but most of them had, are rooted in anxiety, and I'm like, I think it was just a physiological reaction that made me feel weird. But it was constant enough. But with Mercy, I didn't have that feeling. It was like the completely opposite. I think that the encapsulated placenta helped mitigate some of those. I'm just going to blame hormones because there's a lot happening in my body that I don't even know about. And you add iron dip up and down, you know. It's, it's a whole lot that happens to the, the beautiful with female body after giving birth.
1: But but again, that's, that's who, a service that you have to kind of ask for and know about. Yeah. They're not going to... Most hospitals, I'm sure there are are plenty of places that have a variety, but the hospitals that I experienced at least with my first couple of children did not offer any sort of mention of that.
0: Well, they didn't offer it at Riley. We just basically said, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, so we we demanded ice. Put it on the table ourselves. Yeah, we demanded ice in a container because it was already in a container. But actually, no. It was like underneath me for a while. Yeah, like we had to, we had to be. <laughs> so I, I mean,
1: we literally put the placenta ourselves into a little in a plastic cooler, tub. Yeah. where it sat in a little cooler that we brought ourselves on uh, yeah. ice until we were able to give it to the the gal who to showed the nurse, up. Yeah. Anyway, this is all information, all all things that came to light to us by the grace of God, through us following our own instincts uh, through the Holy Spirit. They'd that be like,
0: "Wait a minute, you ate your placenta." <laughs> We can insert some more th- stuff in there, but, but if you look if you look at a placenta encapsulation and just the nutrients that come from that particular organ, the pros are so high. Everything I've researched, and I can't get into any details right now because I'm not on it like that, but there's definitely some facts that I want to share about it as far as the health benefits because what am I saying about I'll just eat my placenta.
1: <laughs> well, there's all sorts of places that you guys can find uh, resources on this you know i, I don't want to go too much longer on our own personal take on this but just to kind of tie this into the subject of the last episode i know we got real deep into just the idea that
0: propaganda <laughs>
1: <laughs> propaganda controls a lot of this information i think this is a lot of what we're seeing here with the medical industry it's and when it's pri- propaganda these days seems to be more towards a private end i'm sure it gets there's more to it than just that but these private interests this capital gain off of what I would call the livelihoods of other people, and the that, quality
0: of life, even even so, even down to the body parts, which is a whole nother. I'm not going to get I into mean, all that. I was an or I I think like I removed organ donation from my car because I just I'm just like scared of what they're going to do.
1: With so, so, so if there's <laughs> truth to the idea that the placenta is giving nutrients and, and immunity to this child up mm-hmm. beyond to the point of most the blanket service that people are getting with cord clamping and that part of the birth process, if most kids are getting their cords cut and then all this stuff prior to that being fully realized, and then hospitals are also making money off of that, are mm-hmm. hospitals, as this system, are we not systematically being taken advantage of by a system that is gaining, literally gaining from our, our livelihoods? So <laughs> what would be interesting
0: is if we can find out what exactly happens to it, these, these body parts, our uh, blood that is given to the hospital. Because I've even wanted to know, I'm telling you, when I worked at a certain organization here in Indianapolis, I was told that, you know, hey, we need to make sure that the MMR, you know, vaccine is still active in your body. That's basically what they said to me. I had to go through, you know, basically a physical, you know, drug test for a job and all that good stuff, all the stuff. And so I had to get my tuberculosis shots and all that good stuff. I'm like, great, technicist, okay. But MMR, I didn't have it updated. They just wanted to make sure that I had the immunity to it. So I went in, I did it. They took my blood. I didn't hear anything back from them because you never hear back from those people (laughs) unless you're testing for something specific. And then I went in again for an update on, I think, the TB reading. And they were like, oh, well, your blood, um, we still need some more blood from you. So can we have more blood? MMR reading didn't, we we don't know. And I don't think I really processed what was happening, but... They asked for more blood, and I said, okay. And then it was after that, I, I felt, talk about dignity of the individual, I definitely felt dignity of myself being just taken advantage of and in a way that it's because I wanted the job, that I was going to do what they asked me to do because I was already at that stage of employment and pre-employment. But what are you doing with my blood? I thought you already did what you had to do with the first reading you did of the MMR uh, particles, or whatever, that you were trying to look for. It Was very weird. I did share the story with my sister. We were just talking, you know, catching up. I shared the story with her, and she was like, "Crystal, you shouldn't have let them do that." <laughs> she said, "You shouldn't have let them take your blood." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've been I've been I've been hijacked as an experiment. Who knows what they're doing with my blood?" And I'm like, "What? Oh no, I'm AB 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 positive. AB positive. Yeah, yeah. you're O negative, right? Oh, I'm O positive. O positive. Yeah." So I'm the universal recipient or whatever. So it's like, are they doing stuff to my... And then, I don't know, I, I started to get a little cosmic when I was thinking about what is happening to my blood that's outside of my body. Like, that is a little bit heady, but that is just something that crossed my mind after I pondered on this circumstance that I found myself in where an agency wanted my blood for a second round and I was doing pre-employment stuff that I needed to get through. And this is not the first time this has happened. And it was pre-2020, remember, at that other organization where it was on demand that everyone receive the flu vaccination. And I, pregnant with our son, was like, I've never had the flu and I will absolutely never take the flu shot and I will stay on that stance and I will not waver. I I will be a rock and a force of this feeling. And um, prior to
1: 2020, my wife was getting pressure to be vaccinated against her will and we... Did not consider ourselves to be anti-vaxxers. It wasn't something that was even in the picture. No one it talked was more about no one a, talked like that in the house. We were just o- like obvious sort of understanding that not everybody has to get a flu vaccine. That it was like something where her family was has always been healthy when they have not gotten vaccines like that. And
0: yeah, just, so
1: it, it became something that uh, again,
0: you know, what is happening now? This was being something something that was being done to me. That it was it was threatening my my physicality, whereas the other experience I was talking about was like blood being taken away from me. But it's this it's this whole dignity of the individual. Like where are people impeding on my personal safety and space and autonomy of my body and and what do you want to do to or with. And to what end really? Everybody may have a different circumstance or a different reaction or a different reason for having find themselves in whatever predicament when it comes to, you know, engagement with the medical system or pharmaceuticals and all of that, you know, health health and wellness. Is it not just a blanket tip for capital gain for them? Capital gain is a running theme within the pharmaceutical industry, within laws, within all of this stuff. And there's a fine line where they all meet. They all meet and have a conversation about what gains they can get off people and in where they can do these things. Now, Tuskegee uh, Institute that experimentation with syphilis and uh, those men that they were just basically, hey, let's just take a a nice group of (laughs) of black men and poison them and watch how they die. That is actually what happened. And the U.S. government, public health, which is supposed to be what a governing body of how to help society stay sanitized and healthy, had some sort of eugenics mindset or whatever infiltration into that department and then we have an experimentation done on people for the sake of medicine and for the sake of just experimentation and observation and death for gain what gain do they have i'm curious what monetary gain was gained off of that and that experience or was it just sinister all around well it's, it's
1: <laughs> the dignity of the individual is not coming into account here uh, i believe anyway from the context but I agree with you. <laughs> and and then who is who? At whose interests are being played out? The interests of the, the corporation, which has the rights of an individual and the, or a corporate entity. In this instance, the so hospital is a business, mind. and they make money, and they're there for profit. It reminds me of back when I was in the, the journalism world, when I was in the newsroom going into the newspaper, and they broke down the old reason for the thing and the new reason for the thing, the old world reason for... You know, news was to be a watchdog of the government and to give people the truth. Well, the new reason is to sell papers, and this is what sells papers. Well, the old world purpose for a hospital was to help keep people alive. The new world purpose mm-hmm. for the hospital is to make money. And and how are we making money? I thought it was saving lives because you want people to live, not make money off
0: them. I think that, you know, our experience in the hospital setting, you wonder, is this a life-saving practice or is this a money-making practice? Like, that's a weird thing to think about. And I'm grateful that we didn't really have too many of those hit head-on in a way that would be detrimental to our family. We've been successful. But I do wonder, when that one agency took my blood more than once, what were you trying to do? (laughs) What did you want from me? What did you want from me? I don't really think you were testing or making an assessment about my health. I think you were using my my God-given DNA for whatever it is that they wanted. That might be a conspiracy, but I... I truly believe that's what happened. I was a victim of experimentation.
1: So all of these these different events that happened in my life kind of push me in different directions and make me look at things. I went to school to be a researcher. I can't help myself. That's kind of what I was doing. uh, That whole story about the journalism thing had me on this new kick where I've been spent the last however many years just in tune with the alternative news going around the world, the different perspectives, and the fact that there's other layers of truth and layers of hidden truth that exist and a whole layer of presented truth that is more of propaganda that we're talking about. But during my time looking into this stuff, if you you really look into it, you can find out for yourself that medicine as we know it today, you know, it's been driven for profit like this uh, going back to the Rockefeller Foundation's takeover of...
0: Uh, We're moving away from, yeah, you said takeover, I guess that's the right word. Of moving away from natural medicine and natural healing to like, you know, chemical chemically made
1: Yeah, just kind of making the push for capital gain versus these pushes that ended up resulting in this kind of
0: Well they've they've they've, they've influ- they will the family has a history of philanthropy and financial banking and oil tycoon, you know, oil overtakers, drillers, money exchangers. And eugenicists, and I don't want to say the whole family is all those things, but they've been and I asked what I asked you the other day <clears throat> or the earlier today. I was like, how long is their legacy? Like, how, long, how long has their family been well,
1: around? Their, their, their legacy and their family may go back beyond the name the name, but I know that John D. Rockefeller was one of these what they called like the robber Barons of the 19th century. I don't
0: 19th know. and 20th he, I think him and his dad the senior and the junior were both doing their own things and and, and they were uh,
1: but they were both to be honest with you they're both nefarious for being awful human beings who would take advantage of people and would, would... there
0: are a lot of people that have done that yeah when I think about I don't know so that, drop that was that was wanna... the type
1: of people that they were though they were they were not they were not your friend they were not the friend of the people
0: well and there are some people about history and I don't want to talk about the trauma but there are some people that really uh, when I think about these museums and, and things that happened in order to get pieces to the museums, um, people were slaughtered in the process. And I think that a lot of these uh, rich elite families that own almost everything that is commercialized in this world, you know, they all have blood on their hands and that sounds really harsh, but I feel like there's a reality there that we just need to blanket it out before we continue. There's blood on, on hands of some of these people. And, and we, you know living in this continental US we are subject to certain things because their influence has been over education over medicine over well all of this and so we born to the system that was
1: owned by these people who have their own interests at a part of this whole thing we and were the rockefellers born into it. <laughs> and we're born into it and so the rockefeller's not only the rockefeller medicine well there's rockefeller education there's rockefeller you know they they had interests involved in every all of these wars for example now they they're one of the families that we know of, but there are a lot of families whose names we don't know we of don't who contributed to this course, too. Yeah. Uh, and we don't. you, can, you we, can look into black nobility. There's another term for you guys, and it's not. It it is literally the. It's like black budget, black nobility. It's like these off the off the map uh, families who've been around for a long time, who've really. They say the richest people in the world are Bill Gates of the world's and the Bezos of the world, for example. But those people are not necessarily those people. However, those people are. Children of people who were uh, heavily invested and involved in in our history. Bezos is uh, the son of the original head of DARPA. Uh, Bill Gates is the son of one of the original chiefs of Planned Parenthood. Who, William, while it's disputed, there William are William Gates Senior. Yeah, connections to him and the Rockefellers and the Rockefellers during his time with his involvement and in, 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 uh, with their institution and during his time with. His involvement with Planned Parenthood. Both both entities uh, invested heavily into eugenics. Yeah. So the Rockefeller Medicine, the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, Foundation. It has has their influence spread across all of these industries competing as a, within you know the United States of America and there's a direct education
0: co- medicine philanthropy uh, yeah finance, the direct finances. conflict of interest
1: i believe the rockefellers also own we we mentioned last episode those six major media companies i, I believe they have stake in all of those as well wow. so they, well, have like huge, they have a huge huge influence on the propaganda that exists so here you have this direct control hub playing out their own interests against all of humanity and and here we are directly experiencing some of the results of it in the medical industry and, and having to fight back our own way and, as, uh, as parents who care about battles, the lives of their children. Won,
0: but we won them. We won these small battles. We got our placenta taken care of and, and escorted
1: out of the building. And, and we have two issues. healthy and brilliant children. Amen. Our son, River, can can read and has been able to since he was two. He's been hooked on phonics. Even
0: before, even before almost before two, because he was saying the alphabet.
1: Our, our uh, daughter, Mercy, uh, you know, doesn't get as much one-on-one time with the languages he does, but she's brilliant. And I hear from her, our teachers regularly, that she is the brightest of her bunch in a way that blows them away. And thank God we followed our hearts and the Spirit. But um, I thank you guys. We're going to come back for another episode here. Absolutely. Please send us your thoughts, questions, give us ideas for new topics. Like I said, we're going to mix things up at some point. We can be found at truthclose at gmail.com. Also,
0: find us on Instagram, of course, at this light of hours underscore after each word. This light of hours.
1: Before we take off, we got to say us a prayer.
0: Yeah, I didn't open up with one and before, I'll, we- but, I'll, but I'll end with one. St. Michael, for sure. I was thinking about it earlier when we were talking about Lucky and yourself and your dad. Your I dad. appreciate you, baby. Yeah. Thank you. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. Into the Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander throughout the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Amen. Oh, my gosh. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, my
1: baby has got to pee. We've been She's been holding it for a long time, so we're going to let her take the headphones off. I'll close this one out. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week.
0: You know how to sing. We are the light of the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, I can't believe it. We got through another episode. Things are going pretty good gotta go get them kids we gotta race and get out of here i better save this thing i need to stop recording what you doing still recording oh my goodness i would have had to open by now I, sure was ready. I thought
0: you was ready but you're ready now i'm always ready that's his thing yeah that's his thing.
1: you're ready now <laughs> we you're always ready, ready. Now. are you ready we
0: His thing,
1: yeah, that's his thing. Kids. That's
0: his thing, yeah, that's his thing. Ninja Turtles. That's his thing, yeah, that's his thing. Oh, yeah, that side story we created in our alternate universe. <laughs> that was goofy. We won't disclose what changes were made, but there's a new timeline. <laughs> new storyline. Interesting. <laughs> I don't want to go into detail about that. That's not for everybody else to share. That is that is between you and I. Oh, we didn't I. have to go into all the details. That is between you and I. All the details. You saw everything. You,
1: that was great. That's his thing. Yeah, that's his thing. I like that you couldn't see the wrinkles when we got closer.
0: We're going to cut this part out because the scrutiny was just too much. No, it's all good. No, the scrutiny was unnecessary. <laughs> it was unnecessary scrutiny. Shame on me. But I'm glad you laughed with me in that moment. It was great. That was great. But when we got to that perfect all, spot. All, all, all wrinkles aside. and, okay. you can, and there were, All the wrinkles were removed. And it was like, ooh.
1: No, but it looked, it looked good in the... Um, to too, it's too, too do too far too fast it's too so different. it's okay it's okay so what about medical stuff i'm about to get into it no you are you are you are you are you are and you're going a roundabout way and that's really it's not bad but you're you're giving way ahead oh okay. all right so let's go back into that's, that moment it's <laughs> things are changing really fast and uh, i
0: could handle it then <laughs> if i if i compare and i also think about just what we went through and god bless our children and all the works that they do keep the placenta in a way that was really
1: unique <laughs> Uh, we didn't really think about that. Obviously,
0: I think in reality, and that's his thing. Yeah, that's his
1: thing. What would have happened if uh, they would have got the image? Like, what would you have had to have done in that moment? You think? It was already decided, so I was on
0: board with whatever was going to happen. So yeah. that was that was the money shot. That yeah, was the money yeah. photo. It so
1: might not have. It probably had been
0: really pixelated.
1: Yeah. yeah. Good thing it, it all turned out. It <laughs> yeah. beautiful though. You did such a good job. It would
0: have been great from afar, but I don't want to get up close and be like. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. no offense keep the placenta but you can look this up goodbye this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of ours that's his thing yeah that's his thing goodbye